Welcome back to Left of Normal, where everything that isn't right is left, and everything that is left is right. I'm your host, Scott Siri. Now, if you haven't done so already, I'd love it if you hit the like button on whatever platform you happen to be tuning in on. Uh, go ahead and leave a five-star review, subscribe, whatever it is you can do to help promote this podcast to more people so more people find benefit from it and ultimately we can all learn together so last week we had alex clark on as our guest alex is making big waves in the broadcasting world with a relatively new podcast and a pretty new radio show if you haven't checked those out make sure you give this podcast a review or a follow and then go follow his show as well. It's called Xander Speaks. That's X-A-N-D-E-R, you know, second half of Alexander. Xander Speaks, it focuses on how you can't have success without failing first. And most people that you see that are really, really successful, they usually failed really hard before they met their successfulness. His radio show is called The Xander and Lee Show. It's on 98.5 The Wolf, I believe from 11 to 1. If you're in the Billings area, you can just tune your FM dial to that station. If not, uh, look him up on social media or go to 98.5wolf.com, I believe it is. Just Google it. You'll find it. So this week, we're looking at the world of social media and why social media is a terrible thing. Uh, we'll take a little bit of a look at the stranglehold it has on us, the negative effects it can have. And, of course, you probably found a link to this podcast through social media. So despite the negative effects, it's kind of necessary in today's world for a lot of us. So I have my social accounts set up so I can minimize the hold it has on me. And... I'll let you know how you can do that uh, as well before we close this podcast out for today. But it's still something that kind of grabs me and it takes more of my time than I really want. So by the time this podcast publishes, I'll have made some other changes. I'll let you know kind of what those are before we conclude as well. Now, before I launch into this about what I like and dislike about social media, I do want to point out that there's a great documentary out there that everyone needs to watch called The Social Dilemma. It's phenomenal. gives a much deeper insight into the psychological effects of social media and why it's actually quite detrimental to society today. Uh, Again, before we conclude, I'll give my insights into what a better option is to eliminate or at least minimize the negative effects of using social media in a world where it's almost like a necessary evil, especially those who run businesses, entrepreneurs, professionals. We kind of have to use it because that's where people are hanging out. So keep in mind that these insights stem largely from a logical thinking left of normal perspective. So you can look at your left of normal friends or family members and you can kind of get a better feel for how they interact online. Because social interactions for us, like, they can be difficult. And because the awkwardness of just staring into other people's souls through their eyeballs, interacting online is usually much easier than interacting in person. 
For my own self, networking for my business is essential, but using social media, I can usually get more prospects than if I go to a networking event in person. Some of that has to do with the fact that if someone comments, messages, or you know, otherwise interacts, I have the ability to wait to respond. In person, I've tried this, and it gets really, really awkward if somebody asks you a question or says something to you, and you just kind of look off into space for three to five minutes before you respond. Most relationships are ruined that way. Plus, when I'm interacting online, I can type things out and be like, "Uh, no, that doesn't sound good. Delete, delete, delete. And then I try again. In person, I... Again, I've tried this. I said something. It was incorrect. I said, wait, no, delete that. Hang on. Let me try again. That gets really awkward as well. The only way to delete those words that you've said in person is to delete the other person entirely. That tends to run into some legal issues. Now, I have half a dozen or so social media accounts that I'm on, not all as active as others. And generally, I access them via my phone. Uh, I am on them on the desktop computer because I work on computer all day long, but I don't scroll as much. Mostly, that's just for checking interactions. Uh, On my phone, I get kind of sucked into that black hole of social. I'll kind of walk through this path of where my focus goes and how I feel on the various programs, various platforms. So on Facebook... Uh, People my age, around 40 years old, Facebook is still the go-to platform. It's where a lot of my prospects or business uh, prospects hang out and where a lot of people I know maintain a presence. So when I open up my phone and I'm looking at things, I open Facebook and I check my notifications. And then I might check my memories and then I scroll for a little while and get very frustrated because it's generally packed full of suggested for you type things, or I believe they just changed it to something you may find interesting or something like that. And it's just dumb stuff from people or things that I don't care about. And then obviously there's tons of ads on there. So a little tip to get rid of some of those ads and suggested things, just start Xing them out and reporting them as spam. They go away for a little bit and then you have to do it right again few days later. So what I hate about Facebook, however, is that it's what makes it addictive in the first place. It's that never-ending scroll. It constantly makes you think, well, maybe the next post will be something different. Maybe it'll be something decent, something I actually want to see. And then you scroll to the next one. You're like, oh, maybe this next one. No, maybe the next one. Maybe the next one. So as I said, I use Facebook on my computer, I've largely got away from scrolling on the computer. The phone is another story. Uh, Fortunately, the one thing that Facebook tried to do with all these suggested posts and things you might like ended up being rather detrimental to them because now I see these things that I don't follow and I don't want to see and I just end up closing the app. And then I move on over to Instagram. So the way the apps are laid out on my phone, Facebook's kind of at the top of whatever page I'm on there. And then just down into the right is Instagram. So it's just my logical clockwise progression around my phone. I go over to Instagram, close out Facebook, head to Instagram. I 
don't know why I even open it anymore because there's nothing on there. The uh, I tried for a long time to get engagement, to gain followers, use it as a promo piece, generate some interaction. Nothing happened. It was a huge waste of time. And more or less, all I got out of it was a bunch of bots then commenting, share it on such and such a page where they want you to pay money to share your page. And I could gain millions of fake followers, but that really doesn't do me any good. So uh, with Instagram, I'm going to maintain the account, but I think I'll probably just delete it off my phone since scrolling through the people and pages I follow really doesn't bring up anything exciting. I hate the way it's laid out. You can't see much at a time. Then if you head over to like the suggested suggested items, it's such a terrible algorithm that if I click on one thing that's maybe like a little cartoon, now all I see in there is little cartoons. Or if I click on one hunting picture, all of a sudden it's just all hunting pictures. Like I don't mind seeing some of these things, but it's it seems that you click on one and that's all that Instagram thinks you want to see. Moving over to LinkedIn, just below the Instagram app is the LinkedIn app. LinkedIn is probably my least hated social media, but it's largely because it's filled with the least amount of garbage. There's still junk on there, and it's actually kind of getting a little bit more overrun with these foo-foo inspirational things. Uh, And a lot of things that just don't have to do with business and business networking. That's why I use the LinkedIn app. And LinkedIn has changed their algorithms over time. And a lot of it right now is so-and-so liked this post. Uh, Some post that went viral for an absolutely cheesy and stupid story. So I can wade my way through some of that junk. There are a lot of decent things on there. I try to interact. I try to build my network for business there. Uh, The problem, uh, just like a lot of other social medias, is LinkedIn shows more of the things from people with whom I have interacted recently. And then I don't see things from that I want to see from people that I've kind of forgotten about because I'm not seeing their posts. And I'm not seeing their posts because I didn't interact with them. So now I see even less of them, and it just kind of spirals. So I see see stuff from the same people five people over and over. LinkedIn also has this huge push for groups right now. Uh, I only follow a couple of them on there, and my feed is just kind of overloaded with that stuff. So ranting aside, LinkedIn is still the best place for promoting oneself in their business, and make if you're doing, especially if you're doing business-to-business type connections. Uh, Right below the LinkedIn app is one called Shaper, S-H-A-P-R. It's kind of based on the idea of Twitter, where you swipe right or left to make connections or uh, not make connections. But it's designed around networking in the business world, like a business matchmaker connection networking thingy. Shaper used to be okay, and then the scammers found it. And now out of you get 15 free connections every day if you wanted to buy a premium one, which nobody does. You get unlimited. Out of those 15, there might be two, three real people, and the rest are scammers or just garbage. Uh, I did actually receive an email in early April. Shaper's shutting down. It's kind of sad to see the concept go 
because when it worked, it was really good at building a bigger network. But it's not so much sad to see that the Nigerian scammers will need to find a new platform to push their crypto scams. From Shaper, I generally swipe over to check my Twitter. For some reason, it's not on the same page on my phone as the rest of my social media apps, but if I move it, then I get confused and I my muscle memory doesn't know where to find it. But I don't know why I'm even on Twitter. Nothing exciting happens over there. I get even less engagement and interaction than I did from instant Instagram. And like Instagram, I tried for a long time to build a community and a following. And when I did this for about a year, did everything that you're supposed to do to build your Twitter account, I end up losing followers. It's something I really don't understand. I don't get how some of these people that post absolutely boring and uninspiring garbage have these huge active Twitter pages. For example, Twitter has two different kinds of feeds. One is based on your likes and interactions or whatever, things you might want to see. And then the other is the people that you actually follow. And before I realized that I could switch between these two, I saw just all this dumb stuff based on things, hashtags that I used or whatever. And a lot of it was personal finance because for a while I was trying to run a thing on how to how to make more money in your downtime. Anyway, and so I'd use finance type hashtags. And there was a lot of these just inane tweets. Things like $120,000 a year working 20 hours a week. That's the goal. That That's all it is. There's like 100 comments and 500 likes on this tweet that has no substance, very little inspiration, and nothing. But this account has huge followings. And so I tried to copy that for a little while. I might get one like on my stuff and maybe a comment or two if I got three comments that was like huge so these accounts they were obviously a promo for an equally boring or an unoriginal personal finance website one that must do fairly well because they're still at it uh after I tried that twitter game did it for like a year every single day and end up losing followers. Like, it just hovers right around 300 followers. You can't do much with 300 followers with three of them active. Anyway, once Elon Musk bought the platform, it actually got worse. So by the time you hear this, the app is gone off my phone. I still have the account. I post things there. Sometimes I get a like. Generally, I don't. Next one I usually go to is Reddit. I do like Reddit for two reasons. First, I can upvote and I can downvote things anonymously. Just a simple click of the button and the comment or post gets an up or down vote and my name is not put on there. And second, I can find a subreddit that I want some information on, but I don't have to join a group, wait for a moderator to approve things, and then post or interact anything. For example, I had a question about our Toyota RAV4. Uh, I posted it in a Toyota subreddit, got my answer, never had to join the community, never saw anything from it again. Super clean and easy that way. Uh, and Reddit has kind of what I feel to be a lot more genuine interaction, real information. Because it's largely anonymous or completely anonymous, if you choose to make it that way, people tend not to hold back. It can be a good thing in some situations, but 
for those that are thin-skinned, it's a little detrimental. I learned it a long time ago. I posted a woodworking project I was kind of proud of, and those Reddit trolls just laid into me about how terrible and stupid and yeah, boring my project was. All said, I don't spend a ton of time on Reddit unless I'm searching for some information or getting feedback on something. I do post in some of the subreddits to get ideas on how other left of normals experience various situations. Uh, YouTube is kind of considered a social media account, but not really. Sometimes I jump on there when it's a little bit too late in the evening to start a TV show, but and I'm tired of reading my book and I need, you know, I want to watch something for five or ten minutes. So I look up Ultimate Police Chases, something like that. Don't spend a ton of time on YouTube. Uh, great for getting information and how-to videos and how to get things done, how to do things. Other social medias, TikTok, Snapchat, Pinterest, I have never used them. I have no desire to use them. They actually look absolutely terrible. Uh, to fill in those gaps, I am trying to go away from the scrolling of inane and stupid stuff. And I downloaded an app called Artifact. It's a news conglomerate thing. So you put in your interests and it uh, curates news articles about those interests. It's actually pretty nice. Uh, some of the articles are dumb, but you can scroll right past the ones you don't want to look at and read the ones you do. Uh, another one is Blinkist. You have to pay for it if you want the unlimited subscription, but you do get a free blink of the day. It takes a book and it condenses it down that you can listen to it. Uh, 15 minutes tells you what the book's all about, or you can read it. It's just a few pages long to get all the information you need from a book without actually reading the book. Two great options for things that are a little more educational. So anyway, I mentioned the changes I would make away. It's getting rid of some of those apps and uh, putting in things that are going to benefit myself rather than just waste a lot of time. But there is a way to maximize your social media without compromising your mental health. There are tons of studies out there that show the more time you spend on these platforms, the more detrimental it is, the more your mental health will end up plummeting. Fortunately, being left of normal has helped me stave off that and not have to worry about it. If you watch the movie The Social Dilemma, it talks about how these notifications cause kind of rapid fluctuations in your dopamine levels. You get that ding, you're excited because, ooh, somebody interacted, and you get a little dopamine hit, but then once you go in, your dopamine drops, and it's actually really not beneficial to anything. Their suggestion is to just turn off the notifications. If you absolutely need to be on social, you just turn all those notifications off. And that's something I did when I first downloaded the apps. I didn't want my phone to constantly be dinging at me when somebody liked something, commented whenever an email came in, or when LinkedIn decided that I hadn't looked at XYZ company's page in a while, or anything like that. My phone notifies me when I get a phone call, a text message, or when somebody rings the front doorbell. So I suggest to maintain better mental health, just turn off all your notifications. That way, you only see things when you choose to open the app and then you can click on the notifications and see what's going on. The second way I've found to maximize social media and maximize mental health is to understand what is going on and why you're using 
social media in the first place. Our brains and bodies function in a way that creates a desire to create things. For the bulk of human history, we were all creators. We grew our own food, we made our own clothing, we chopped down trees and built our own homes. Personally, I believe we have a divine creator who designed us after his own image. A big part of that image is the desire to create ourselves. As a creator, he created us in our his image and instilled in that desire to be many creators, if you will. But now, most people have jobs where they sit in offices all day long or work at a cash register or whatever they do. We end up buying our food from a grocery store. We buy our furniture from Ikea or even worse, somewhere that just assembles it all for us. We buy our houses that don't need any upkeep, and we don't create a single thing for years on end. But the very core of our beings longs for that creation. We want to create something. We want to build something and do something that expresses that desire to create. But what we do is we substitute actually doing stuff for looking at stuff. So we hop on Instagram and we look at people building things. We look at that cabin that we would love to build, but would never actually do it. We look at other people's art. We have entire TV shows dedicated to cooking and baking and making and crafting. And then we close that app down and we don't do a thing. And we turn off that TV show and we feel miserable because we've tried to substitute images for actually doing. What that ends up doing to us is it makes more mental health problems. To use social media the right way, use it for some inspiration. See that awesome garden and then design your own and plant your own food. Watch that HGTV special and then use that inspiration to paint the living room or remodel something or redecorate. See other people's work and then create something yourself. Perhaps we'll get more into this creation idea in another podcast. But for now, you've had a peek into the world where everything left is right. And if it feels right, then it must be left. Thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to like, comment, subscribe. Please join the Facebook community and feel free to ask questions over there. I will only get the uh, notifications when I open the app. It will not ding at me. Remember that you were born to create. So get off social media and go do something. And of course, share this podcast with your friends, whether they're left, normies, or right.